If you're ready to blast through, defy the odds, and be the 1%, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to The 1% Life with Johnny Dillon, where you will learn how to master your mind, elevate your sales, and live the 1% life. What's going on, rock stars? Welcome back to another episode of The 1% Life. I'm your host, peak performance coach and trainer to The 1%, Joni Dillon. And today's episode is, is meant to expand your thinking. It's meant to expand your beingness in every area of your life, whether it's your sales, your relationships, your health, your finances, every single area of your life. I'm going to probably take a little bit of a focus in two specific areas, which is sales and, um, and relationships, because this one hits home for me. So if you're listening to the 1% life and you might be hearing some background noise right now, my partner's getting ready to do a weekend long event. Please forgive that in advance. Um, in the next office <laughs> next to me. So today's episode is for you. If you are ready to ascend to a higher level of connection, personal connection in your relationships with your significant other, or even with your friends, your team members, perhaps, and those who you interact with on a daily basis. And also if you want to just ascend to a higher level of connection in your sales, right? Sales is all about connection. And are we creating the connection necessary to move somebody forward out of their problem and into the solution? So it, it's also for you if you are um, willing to get uncomfortable to break through to that next level of success in those different areas of your relationships, your sales, your, you know, everything that you can think of. I like to break life down into three um, main categories. And there's actually a fourth that I personally resonate with, and that is your, your health, your wealth, and that has to do with your career, your business, sales, all of that falls under there and your relationships. And the fourth category is, you know, spirituality or connectedness to your higher power. Um, but I typically talk about those three areas. And then every once in a while, we'll dive into the fourth, which is your connection with your higher power, your spirituality. Um, you may refer to it as religion, not in this um, episode, are we going to really dive into that area, but perhaps you could using the same tools that I'm going to talk about and the, the thinking that we're going to talk about today. All right. So here's, here's what we're talking about. Um, oh, also, there's one more area that this episode, you will know that it's for you. If uh, you could be leading more of your potential buyers out of their stuck not buying or stuck not taking action into really taking some serious inspired action that day, right? You're moving them out of the no and into the yes. And if you'd like to learn how to do that better, well, definitely listen to today's topic because in today's episode, really, um, it's going to help you do just that. All right. So what are we, what are we talking about? We're talking about the power of self-awareness in your relationships, in your sales and in your life. And man, that word or those words of self-awareness are um, words that I feel like many of 
people out there really aren't willing to look at, right? And 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 it's so easy to be able to um, to take the stance of looking outside of ourselves, right? Looking at the person, looking at the situation, looking at the circumstance around us, right? We just are in the middle of a crazy, contentious election right now, and people's emotions are heightened. Their values are being questioned for many of them, and feeling threatened really if they look at you know either side of the equation, right? whatever side that you're on, or if you're not apolitical, um, well, then maybe you're somewhere in the middle, right? But there's a lot of heightened emotions and um, sentiments that are really going on right now. And that just happens to be right now, right? You can take any other given point in time in history, the last seven, eight months that what we've been experiencing in terms of the, the big C, and we can look outside of ourselves to blame the situation, the circumstance or thing for why we are where we are, right? Why it's impacting our sales, you know, and there is, there can be some real truth to that for sure. I mean, gosh, 95% of my clients and, um, and industry that I served, they lost their jobs overnight during this whole mess, like 95% of my previous clients and potential, like my market, right? Those people who follow me lost their jobs overnight in the hospitality industry, in particular. And so, yeah, there's truth to, you know, all of a sudden not having an income or not having a means by which to sell. I was talking to a gentleman yesterday who said, Joni, 31 of us out in Aruba are technically on the sales line and only six people had been called back. And he owns a real estate business as well. He says, you know, by the way, if you want to go purchase in Aruba, apparently now's the time to go do so. <laughs> and, you know, real estate's just not moving. It's being stuck. It's stuck. It's not moving. And so he's like, has every reason and incentive to prove to his management that he needs to get back on the floor, get back to working at, you know, for him, it was Marriott. And, and so he can make money. He said the six people who are there are crushing it. They're selling deals like crazy, right? So there's, there's the, the, the effect, being at the effect of what's going on in the economy, meaning there's a certain reality to maybe all of a sudden you find yourself without a job, without a, a form of income coming in. And then there's this, the point at which you can say, so at what point am I going to do something about it? At what point am I going to take action or inspired action to create a change? How long am I willing to sit around and not you know, get something accomplished or done, meaning get some income coming in. So uh, what does that have to do with self-awareness? Well, the first, the first, you know, area that I believe self-awareness comes from is, are we willing to look at ourselves as opposed to simply looking at other people and what they have quote unquote done to us, right? Nobody's doing anything to us. We're experiencing their doingness through our beingness, who we are, the person that we are being in any given moment. And I got to tell you, I'm going to be a little bit, um, you know, you guys know I'm pretty, pretty raw, pretty open with you in terms of what goes on in my life. Maybe some things I'll wait till I have passed through to communicate it to you because it could just be really real. But right now I'm just totally talking about what just came up for me today. I had a real conversation with my partner today and it was very uncomfortable. It was very uncomfortable. In fact, you can probably still feel for those of you watching me live on my Facebook page, you're you're seeing the discomfort a little bit in me right now as I'm communicating this to you, which is the realness of this episode today. And it had to do with self-awareness and, and being willing to look at me and who I am being in, in, in relationship. And man, I got to tell you that it was, it's, it was a point of, um, 
there was a point in the conversation where I actually felt the need to acknowledge who I had been being and that person who wasn't willing to accept criticism, who wasn't willing to accept, you know, feedback or introspection on, from my partner's perspective, it was, you know, when I felt that I I immediately went into blame mode. Yeah, but you're doing this. And, And maybe not in that form, like, yeah, but, but it was pretty damn close to it. Right. And I realized, and I admitted this today that, um, it's hard for me to accept criticism from my partner and from my coaches, my mentors in the world. I mean, I don't care if, you know, who the other person is outside, whether it's my, you know, people who follow the work that I do, there's always criticism, you know, oh, I can't believe whatever the people want to say that impacts me zero. And if I'm getting constructive feedback from one of my coaches or mentors, I'll take it to heart. And it really, you know, will move me to take action. Oh, for my partner is a bit different apparently. And it came to my awareness today that I don't take criticism very well. And I immediately attack back out of defense, right? Like feeling like, and I, I communicate, I was like, I feel like I, you know, sometimes I just can't do anything right for you. And um, wow, I'm admitting this publicly. That's so interesting. Um, and so what, what I loved, and this is kind of what spawned this conversation today was that not only did I have a moment of self-awareness and, and vulnerability and in looking at me in that, in that moment of realness, of rawness, of like, you can deflect, you can defend, you can blame, or you can just take a moment and look at you. And I had to like shed my guard, you guys. I really had to just say, okay, it was probably one of the first times that I've really done this. I mean, maybe not the first, but one of the first times in this in this relationship where I was really, really willing to admit um, a serious, you know, I don't think I would call it a defect, but an area of opportunity to change within me. And that was that I don't accept criticism well. And I do start blaming, um, you know, like, well, you're telling me this, but who are you being, right? What about you? And, um, and then my partner said, he had a moment, he said, when you told me that when I do this, it makes you feel that way, right? Um, like, I can't do anything right. Well, he said, I just took a moment and I went inside and I said, is this true? is this true? And is this true? Meaning, do I, do I do that? Do I, could I be, could some aspect of my behavior be doing that and creating that reaction within my partner? Cause he certainly didn't want that. Right. But it was my perception of that thing of whatever it is that he's doing, the comments, you know, that is creating that feeling. And, and so this is called self-awareness, right? And it goes from both ends and you can't control what the other person does. We just are both two individuals who are, you know, more times than not willing to look at ourselves and do the work and um, as uncomfortable as it is. And I realized that, you know, I've really been resisting a lot of work in relationship. I've been resisting a lot of internal self-work. Um, and, and I'll do it in every area of my business. I'll do it with my, you know, if something's coming up with a client, I'll look at me and saying, where is this, you know, where's this behavior coming from that's showing up within a client or a business partner. But I realize that I'm a little less willing to do that in partnership. And so, um, you know, I'll say that I'm willing, but am I actually going to the extreme of doing the internal work that's difficult. That's um, you got to look at yourself and say, Hmm, do I like this person right now or not? And oftentimes what, what we'll realize is that there are self, there can be self-sabotaging patterns that occur in every area from business to, I mean, I've had my share of self-sabotaging patterns in business and sales. Um, Mostly, you know, like, 
fearing success and what that meant to me to be successful, to be more successful than my siblings, to, to really feel that there was a, a weight on my shoulders of having to pay my team members salaries and have them be able to continue to provide for their families. Like there was this initial fear that really was there. And that wasn't until I became aware of that through um, actually a mastermind that I'm going to be attending on Monday morning in Utah, where, you know, the power of having a mentor, the power of having people around you who, who see things that you do not see. And when I became aware of that, I started looking at that and saying, hmm, well, who do I need to be instead? If this is the outcome that I desire, well, who am I being that's creating this current outcome? And who can I decide to be? And then doing the inner work of like releasing all the stuff that's created that baggage, right? that I maybe was carrying around with me. I was actually. So self-reflection in, in, in relationships is really important because we don't make progress unless we're willing to look at ourselves, right? If we're waiting for the other person to change, then what happens is, is that, um, which I was doing in many ways, shape and form, um, that, that nothing changes because you're, it's that thing that's outside of you. Okay. I really want you to get this and then begin to look at different aspects of your life, different areas of your life, your sales, your business, your relationships outside of partnerships, right? Personal, really intimate relationships. And if we're waiting for something outside of us to change another person's behavior and for them to show up in a different way, well, is that really creating a forward movement or is it creating a, a stagnant, you know, no movement? And is it even potentially taking you backwards? And the answer really is that it's, it's, it's keeping you stuck. And honestly, if you're not moving forward, guess where you're moving, you're digressing, you're moving backwards. And so we have to really be, if we want to progress our relationships, we want to get through. Um, and you realize that sales is simply a byproduct of your personal relationships, a connection that you make your interpersonal relationships, how you communicate, how things land with other people, um, the level of rapport that you build, the ability to take them from stuck, not buying or stuck, not seeing the problem to, Oh my God, I get it. And Oh my goodness, we have to do business with you to, day. Like there's no option, but to move forward. When you start to see all of this from a perspective of, oh my goodness, who am I being right? Take, taking 100% personal responsibility in every area of your life, 100% personal responsibility and stop blaming in every single area. Every it's, it's, it can be difficult to do for me, the most difficult areas in relationship to do this in. And how we do everything is anything is how we do everything. So really understanding that concept of if I'm doing it here, where else am I doing it at? Right. Um, and then being, being willing to admit to that so that you can move forward as opposed to in the discomfort, in the, ugh, this feels not so good, right? It feels yucky. Yeah, because the, the thing that you want is outside of the, the thinking that created the current problem, right? Albert Einstein says, you cannot solve a problem with the same level of thinking that created the problem. We have to get out of the box of our current thinking that created the problem, whatever it is, a sales problem, an interpersonal problem, a health problem, um, you know, whatever the problem is, we've got to think from a different level of thinking that's outside of the box. And, and that thinking often is in the form of, well, who can help me solve this problem? right? Who's the person that can help me crunch time and, and, and make up for, you know, the, the inefficiencies or the deficiencies or the lack of knowledge that I may have, who is that individual? And maybe in, in your sales or somebody outside of 
you that can help you in that area. Maybe it's working with a mentor or a coach. If it's in your relationships, maybe it's looking at that, that therapist or that person who can help you do the work that if you're carrying stuff from, you know, I realized yeah, this came up for me. I won't go into the details of it. It'll probably come out over the next couple of podcast episodes because I have a feeling that um, this mastermind I'm going to in Utah is going to bring out a lot. And you guys know, I love to share my personal growth with you because I feel that it helps you grow too. And it helps me to further install that new identity that I'm always in the process of creating. Ah, I, I do recall now it was really going back to an identity that I had created um, and that I was really forced into when my mother passed at the age of 20. So for those of you who've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, about a year and a half ago, this journey began for me of really understanding the role that I'm playing in different areas of my life and my business and my interpersonal relationships. And that role that is directly correlated to me as an adolescent, as growing up and having lost my mom at the age of 20. So there's things that are opening up right now for me that I'm actually becoming really aware of that were not in my awareness prior. And, and so maybe that some of that will open up over the next couple episodes that you can find value in or even relatability in for yourself um, in terms of your adolescence, your childhood, who we are, those really formative years from the age of zero in the womb to seven, even eight years of age, where those just that um, those imprint years where things are just, we're sponges, right? We're taking in everything at the subconscious level. And then from the ages of about eight to, um, you know, like the adolescent years, 14, 15, 16 years of age. And then there's, you know, that the, the older years of which for me was 20, not older still to me, it felt like, you know, I, I, I lost a lot and I was forced into a lot at 20 um, when my mom had passed, like having to step into a new level of identity from being the baby who was totally kind of spoiled and got everything taken care of for her. And I mean, not completely, but definitely to a certain extent. Um, and then having to like step into taking care of my dad who lost his wife, his life partner and making sure he was okay. So there was this conflict there. Right. And why am I telling you all this? <laughs> well, number one, it's, um, I, I did, I, it's to help you think of really who are you being right now, right? Think of the biggest challenge or area in your life right now. Is it your sales? Well, who are you being in your sales? And what if you were to be getting feedback, right? What if we were to look at the criticism that we can be receiving? You know, a lot of my clients are like, oh my God, my manager's telling me this, or my director is saying this about me, and they're battling it. They're fighting it, right? And I feel like it's them. They're not able to come on the tables and close deals for me. Um, okay, well, I appreciate that feedback. And what if they were to not look at the, the, the words as criticism, but as feedback, right? As feedback. And then we go through our own or they, and maybe you go through your own introspection process of, okay, so is there truth to this? Is there any validity here? Is this a potential, right? Am I actually, could I actually be a person right now who's talking so much that like I'm losing the sale because I'm, I'm so unaware of my need to take up time, take up space in conversation, right? If someone tells you, you talk a lot, you're probably doing that on your sales conversations, most likely, right? How we do anything is how we do everything. And this is a, a big problem that I see with, with people who are real talkers. It's like, you need to shut up sometimes. And that is a, an, a skill that you learn, that you acquire the need to not fill space, but the need to, or the, the ability rather, to listen, to listen to 
your potential buyer, your prospect, your client, who's talking, who's communicating with you and to hear what they're saying from not being 10 steps ahead, but being really present with them in that conversation and getting the feedback. And for those of you who work alone, like um, you might not be getting a lot of feedback because you don't have somebody who's seeing your sales process, right? Well, this is where it's important to really work with and uh, have the accountability of having mentors, having people who are playing up here where maybe you're here to see who, who you're being and how you're being and to bring you up, right? Through creating that level of awareness that you may be lacking right now. Um, and one thing that you can actually do is to stop looking at criticism as criticism. What if you could start looking at it as feedback, right? Well, this is feedback. And if you're really on this path, which I believe that many of you are, and if you're listening to the 1% life for any length of time, you, you know that it's about growing. It's about getting better. It's about always being on this path of excellence. And how can I show up in total excellence today and tomorrow? And man, I missed the mark today in this area or that area. And how can I just give myself some grace, forgive myself and come back tomorrow and be that person who's that one percent, or be that person who connects with my clients in a way that nobody else can. Be that person who's committed to their outcomes, their results that they desire, right? And then who do I need to be to show up as that person tomorrow? Because I, I totally missed the mark today. Or who do I need to be to show up as that person in my relationship tomorrow? Because I totally missed the mark today. Having that constant self-awareness is important to you. And if it's not important to you, I really recommend that um, it become important to you in every area of your life. And then, um, you know, really looking at it as feedback, feedback, right? There's no failure. There's only feedback. You're not a person who's failed. You're simply collecting feedback and saying, okay, well, that didn't work. That thing that I said to that person created a certain response. And that was certainly not the response that I wanted. And, and, and changing the way that you communicate next time, right? Having that level of awareness and, and self-awareness to know that that failed, now I need to do something different next time. So what could that possibly be? Maybe I'm not telling them something, I'm asking them a question that leads them to that potential conclusion or any you know, answer that you could then move forward from. So choosing to be at cause versus being at the effect of means you choose to take 100% personal responsibility for everything in your life, in your sales, your, your business and your team, right? If some, if my team does something, I could blame my team member, or I could look at me and the communication that I gave to have that thing done. And over time, if there's a pattern in the communication, that's, that's not landing, well, it's either me or it's something that's happening that needs to be, maybe that person's not cut out for that role. Right. So, but still it comes back on me as the leader of this team, as um, the, you know, the CEO of this company. Uh, if one of my clients is just not getting the communication or they're not getting an outcome, well, I always will look here first. Is my thinking supportive of them enough to get them that, that outcome? Or do I actually not have faith in them and not believe that they can do it, right? And if that's the case, well, I need to look at my own self-limiting beliefs in regards to that person and change that so I can be at cause for their results. And, and this is a, a constant process that we're looking at in our relationships, in our sales, in our business, in all areas of life, when you're truly committed to getting results, right? When you can be at cause for everything, have total 100% responsibility. You may not have, you know, consciously done that thing to somebody that created that outcome, or you may not have been the cause of the economy or the election or whatever it is, but how can you be at cause for the result that you desire? How can you take action and be at cause for, okay, so now what? 
right? And what if you didn't consciously create it, but you unconsciously created it for some for some higher purpose? That is what we want to look at and stop the blaming, stop being at the effect of other people, other situations, circumstances, and events, and really start owning it. It's not easy. It is definitely something that needs reinforcing. It's a muscle that needs building. And even at times it can be difficult as I shared with you today, literally today I had a breakthrough. It was like, yep, I blame. Yep. I deflect. Yep. When you come at me, I take it as a personal attack on, on my beingness, my, who I am. And I, and I, and I know I'm a badass. And when you say those things, I feel defensive and being able to admit that, you know, was very uncomfortable. I'll tell you. Um, but also allows opportunity and space for growth. It does. And I'm really excited to go out to my mastermind, um, three days in a beautiful 20,000 square foot home in, in Utah, somewhere in Utah in a log cabin with these world changers who are just most, uh, you know, top of their game in every area. I'm really excited for that. And guess what, who I get to be, I get to be vulnerable and I get to share where I'm missing the mark in, in certain places in my life and, and allow myself to have that level of self-awareness. And, you know, the goal is to be at cause for everything. It really is like, this is where I'm doing. This is what I'm creating. This is where I'm being and allow that feedback to flow in the feedback to flow in. And then what I do with that feedback is on me. Am I going to move forward with it? Am I going to look at what can be changed right now? What's the takeaway? What's the immediate implement implementable piece that I can take away and begin to change. And maybe it's more than one. And I encourage you to do that as well. So be willing to admit that you don't know everything. You don't know everything about that area of all areas of your life, right? And we don't know everything about, you know, I know that in the past I have sucked at relationships. I'm whispering it. <laughs> I know in the past I've been really great at many other things and in the present I am too. But there's an area of opportunity there to grow, to, you know, to put not my business first, but my partner first. There's an area, there's an opportunity for, for all of that. And it's uncomfortable because it's outside of what I know in many areas, in many ways. Um, and it's just an opportunity. So I hope you got value from today's episode of the 1% life and in my discomfort and my vulnerability, uh, I try to bring you guys as much realness and rawness as possible to help you look at your own lives and, and where you can improve. I'll tell you one last story because my unconscious mind is revealing it to me right now. But I always remember the time I was hanging out with, you know, um, just this incredible, one of my, my closest friends in the world right now, Rhonda Swan. And, you know, she's, she's got runs a multiple seven figure year business, just a real powerhouse. And at the time, this was years, several years ago. And I remember having a conversation about something and I was just complaining. And she looked at me and she says, when you stop complaining, you do realize that you complain a lot. I like, you won't stop complaining about this. And it was such a, like, a, like a dagger to my heart that I was like, what? I couldn't even believe that she would say that to me, but it was a moment of hearing those piercing words that pierced my heart and my soul, because I believed that I was the most positive person ever. And, um, in that moment, it was like, I kept perseverating on this thing and complaining. And then I realized I was complaining about something else and something else and something else. And when she brought it to my attention, it was like, I've instantly wanted to get defensive, 
But in retrospect, I open myself up to that feedback. And I ask myself, is this true? Is this who I am being? And is this who I want to be? And the answer was no, not at all. Yes, this is who you are being. And no, this is not who you want to be. You want to be somebody like one percenters don't sit around and complain about shit. They get shit done, right? They make stuff happen. They work on solutions. They don't focus on problems. They, they see the problem and they jump immediately to solutions. And at that point in my life, I was really looking at the problem and exacerbating the problem and complaining about it and the people involved in it and the things and all. It's like, get out of it, get solution oriented right now and stop the complaining. And that was a real pivotal moment in my life. Always remember it. And it's a moment where if I ever catch myself complaining, I'll go right back to that moment to one of my closest friends now in the world who said, called me on my shit and said, um, do you see yourself right now? Like, stop it. And she was making way more income than me at the time. And I, I, I got it. I was like, whoa. But initially it was hard and it felt difficult to hear because it threatened who I thought that I was. Yet it was how I was being perceived by someone else through, of course, their own filters and think that, you know, their lens of the past and all the filters through which they perceive me as, which is still feedback. And if you get that feedback from more people than one, well, it's probably a pattern and it probably means there's some truth to that, to look at yourself and then to change. Rockstars, I hope you enjoyed this episode of The 1% Life. I certainly did in in all its discomfort and glory. Have a wonderful weekend. If you have not yet joined us in this upcoming, you might not even know about it. We haven't really been promoting it or talking about it very much yet. The Get Primed Challenge, the last challenge we had was a complete and total success. Massive wins, massive shifts, massive mind-blowing moments of people selling deals and the biggest deals they've ever sold. And we had a gal who hadn't sold anything all year practically. She started selling every single client she talked to in a day. She's like, I can't, I'm selling everybody. And that's what happens when you get into a space that allows you to really tap into what's going on underneath all the stuff. And we talk about how you can begin now to understand the power of your subconscious mind and the role that it plays in every area of your life, specifically your sales, your businesses, and man, are you going to grow in every other area as well? So join us, uh, go to getprimedchallenge.com. That's get primed, prime your mind. So primedchallenge.com. It's also in the show notes and pass this on to anybody who needs some help right now to just who wants to rock out 2020. And man, I heard someone say the other day, I'm so ready to not give up on 2020. I'm not ready to throw the towel in on this year. And I said, great. So let's get to work. Let's get into action. Right. And now you get to decide what those outcomes are that you want to create over the next less than two months of the year and really go after them and be the person who gets that outcome. And that's what we talk about in the challenge. So go ahead and join us, getprimedchallenge.com. We'll see you on the next episode of The 1% Life. By the way, if you haven't listened to last episode, listen to it now. It will rock your world. And that's with Craig Ballantyne, your perfect day formula. Bye everyone. Cheers. If you enjoyed today's episode of The 1% Life, please leave a review and subscribe to the podcast and make sure to share it with your friends. We'll catch you next time.